0: Hey guys, what is going on? We are in the zone. This is episode 136. I'm here always with Giancarlo Alino, Anthony Piniello, Chris Martelli here in the building and uh, we got to start this one off. Uh, For me, it's a funny note. I wouldn't say it's a bad note. I'd say it's a funny note, but uh, the LA Clippers, they have been judged. They have been made fun of. They have just been the laughing stock the last year and a half just based off of the the playoff success that they have not been able to have and then this beautiful beautiful free throw by paul george just look at that look at that face he knew it was not going in and what happens after this play a late second alley-oop to the, the big dog deandre Aiden. he gets the win they're up to nothing on the clippers guys what is Phoenix doing right? Because last year, they did not make the playoffs. So it ain't no in the bubble. I said to you guys that maybe they're a playoff team next year, and that was a huge maybe. And now they're two games away from going to the conference finals, and this is all – well, I mean, not all of it, but this series so far without Chris Paul, you're up to nothing. What are your guys' so, uh, thoughts so far on this series as a whole? Start it, buddy.
1: Yeah, Paul George is a shooting guard, right?
0: I believe so so.
1: (laughs) how in the hell do you miss two free throws when you're a shooting guard in crunch time he puts them up three if he gets both of them misses both so he had a chance to be a god he got them there so props to him but now in this moment he's really reminding everybody who he is in the playoffs and it's not good and uh, yeah if Kawhi's not back they're fucked
2: (laughs) But, um, yeah, I said it right before we went on. Uh, It reminded me of the Gilbert Arenas when he missed both free throws in the playoffs against the Cavs. But this is on a much bigger scale. With the Suns, I have no fucking idea. Because they were, like, they were ass up until the bubble last year where they went undefeated. And that was the team with Ricky Rubio. But, like, ever since then, they've been unstoppable. They've been the best bubble team in history. So, I think it's just a whole team effort. You can you could um, you could put it on Devin Booker, saying this is his coming out party. It's his first playoffs, and he's been absolutely phenomenal. Um, yeah, the Phoenix suns have just been better, flat out.
0: I want to quickly talk about what Devin Booker's been able to do in this postseason. He's been averaging about twenty-nine, which is stupid, stupid numbers for any. First ever postseason run, uh, but another guy that's in his first postseason run that's been absolutely ridiculous is Trey Young. Um, I want to quickly talk about the series that ended there. Um, Philadelphia guys, they are now eliminated. They are officially out this year. Ben Simmons, Joel Embiid, the process. What are your guys' thoughts on the process? I'm a little curious what you guys think. What, what do you guys believe in the process? Is it starting to look as if this team's crumbling? And man, I, I got to say this because I love this guy, but I feel so so bad for Doc Rivers.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I'll take it.
1: Yeah, it's. Uh, I feel bad for Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid. They had an amazing regular season. You would think, like, this team, the way it was structured, they got Danny Green and Dwight Howard from the Lakers, uh, two guys who won a championship. And add that to their room, it did work in the regular season because they came in first. But when you look at the playoffs, it's just really weird. Like, what happened? They're like, Ben Simmons didn't look like the same player. He wasn't getting the same kind of numbers. Like, his shooting was exposed that he can't shoot or he won't shoot the ball. Uh He had so many moments where he could have just took it for a quick layup, got a quick two points, and he's looking to create a play, which didn't make sense. So I think Seth Curry outshined him, and Seth Curry's making like $100 million less than him. So you can't have that if you're the 76ers. And I think now you have to trade Ben Simmons because you can't trade Embiid when he was on an MVP run. And going into the season last year, everyone was thinking, okay, are you going to trade Simmons? Are you going to trade Embiid? going back and forth on which one could uh, be the long-term fit. Now it looks like you're kind of have to trade Simmons. And if you don't, it's going to be bad on the, a bad look on the franchise, a bad look on management. And I don't think they're going to be able to turn this around and be a contender if both of them are on the same team next year.
2: Man, I didn't think it would actually come to this. Because we talked about it last week and – what was it? Was it 3-2 Atlanta at the time? And I'm still like, Philly's going to pull through with it. But uh, just the way they, they went down was... I don't know if it was more Philly being a letdown or Atlanta on the Hawks kind of breaking through the glass there, kind of like Phoenix, but... I don't know. Like, it's tough to win a championship. This These guys are amazing. They're usually at the top of the conference every year, but they get bounced in the first or second round. Like, it's tough. They've been together... They're still, what, how old Simmons, 24, Embiid, similar age. Like, they're still very young. They're still very good. They're going to be all-stars going forward. But as a duo together, yeah, it, it might be time.
0: Yeah, I like, I like that. I really liked what I saw most of the year from, like you guys said, Joel Embiid, arguably the MVP front runner for majority match, maybe not majority of the year. That probably belonged to Jokic. But you could argue at times that Embiid was the best player in the whole world. So if I'm Philly for sure, I'm not trading Joel Embiid. I think he's an absolute stud on the court, off the court. Um, he's not too negligent. I knew back I knew back in the day he had a little bit more problems, but I think now he's starting to settle in. You know, he's now becoming a veteran presence already on this team. I think this is I think this is his sixth or seventh year. So um a guy like Joel Embiid, a guy like Ben Simmons, these guys have been together for five plus. I think you guys hit, hit the nail on the head. I think you guys said it perfectly. I think this is now the time where if you're the GM there of the Philadelphia 76ers, you have to just start looking at what fits just can, you know, actually help improve this team. I like what they I like what you said there, Alino with Green and Howard. You know, they're proven winners. They won the they won the ring last year with the Lakers and then they come here and they can't get it done. So there has to be something going on there. I know, like you said, uh, uh, Piniello, it is hard to win a championship, no doubt about it. Um, ask Guys like James Harden still doesn't have one so and Russell Westbrook. But it's getting to that point where how many times can you finish first and then not even make this, the conference finals. So for me, it's a no-brainer. You have to trade one of them. And I know for sure if it is Joel Embiid, the return has to be on another planet it has to be even greater than what Paul George got so you're either looking at a full-on rebuild if you trade Joel Embiid um, but in terms of Ben Simmons I I think I said this last week or two weeks ago I want to just ask you guys what do you think his market is what do you think his value is and how many teams do you think are willing to go out and get a player that isn't as comfortable shooting in a league where it's all about shooting nowadays
1: Oh, that value is uh, really low. And if I'm any team, I'm sending in the worst possible offer just to really see how much Philly want to get rid of them. Because if you send your best offer of like draft picks and all that, like they're obviously going to take it. So I'd start low and just see how much they'd be willing to take just to get that contract off and uh, use that money to go after other pieces. But I think Ben Simmons is still valuable. If you have a point guard on your team that's a creative playmaker, and you got shooters around him. I think Ben Simmons can thrive, but just it can't be in Philly anymore.
2: Uh, yeah. Um, I'm not going to pretend like there aren't issues here with his shooting, but I think he is still very valuable. Like he's still very young. Um, I think his progression the last few years ob- it's obviously come on the defensive end. I think he's progressed defensively every year. Offensively, not so much. But like, this is a guy who's on arguably first all team defense every year and he, he locks up the guy's best player every night and he does so much for his teammates. So I think, I, I think it's just based on fit. You got to find the right fit for Simmons. I would like to use him in like, um, kind of like how Sabonis is used in Indiana. Like he could kind of run the offense. He would play that kind of style. I think he's got really high value. I think I, they just got to get it the right the team right with him. Cause, uh, yeah, you saw like he can play with them and B. one of the best players in the league. But if it doesn't work, the whole system gets fucked. So I th- I still think his value's high for sure.
1: Yeah, you know, I, I think, Golden State. Yeah, yeah, I
0: I think his <laughs> value's so, pretty high too. It's just like you said, the fit. Like lo- you look at guys like Draymond Green, Andre Drummond. Even like he, I, I want to say a year ago, Drummond's value in my eyes was relatively like I want to say top ten in regards to centers. And now it's looking like it's at boogie cousins territory so it, it, so ben simmons his value will never get that low even though his shooting is just not there like you said his defense is on another level it's it's what he's a top he's a top 5 uh, defensive player in the league no doubt about it on a consistent night but in terms of what you have what this guy has to become it just hasn't come yet i don't know if it's ever going to come i know he's he's teased us with the three point shot and it just it he you can't take six shots a game, and Doc Rivers said it best. <laughs> this guy has to shoot, he's gotta get way more confident. Like to me, it it baffles me that a guy like Tobias Harris and Seth Curry put up like 19 shots a night, and Joel Embiid is still putting up 30 plus. Whereas a guy like Ben Simmons probably in the ball is probably in his hand the most out of any player on that team. And he's taking like six shots. It just can't happen when you're a max player. You can't do that. So I think that's been his downfall this entire time is this guy just, it's like he has negative confidence. Like he has the ball. He does everything else right, except thinking about shooting the ball. So like you said, you, you said it's spot on Piniello Alino. You know, you have to find the fit in terms of where. We have yet to know exactly where, but I think Ben Simmons will be fine eventually. But, I want to quickly move on, talk about the other series that just ended, which to me was a huge – actually, I wasn't necessarily super surprised, but I want to say all in all, most analysts, I want to say, were very surprised. The Milwaukee Bucks taking out the Brooklyn Nets in seven games. To me, by far, the greatest game in this playoffs, not even close. It kind of reminded me of last year's Game 6 between the RAP celtics I just want to ask you guys, what were your thoughts on Game 7? And uh, are you guys surprised that Brooklyn uh, got sent home packing? It
1: was a tough one. I thought Brooklyn had it all, like Harden, Durant. I think that was more than enough to get the job done. But I think we were talking about it last week. Like, who needs this win more for their legacy? It probably was Milwaukee. Because if you lose again in the second round and – against a team like this, like I know last year was in the bubble, but like you're going on a streak here where you lose to Toronto when you're looked at as a team that can give Golden State at the time a run for their money. You lose to Miami who on paper, you should have just won easily. And now Brooklyn, like with Kyrie, so they only have two stars. One of them's injured and hardened. So I don't think it would have been a good look if uh, Kevin Durant ended up getting that shot and it was a three instead of a two. So I think Milwaukee's lucky that they got past this hurdle.
2: Yeah, for real. That game was fucking awesome. Um, that was a classic from KD. That was so much fun. Um, but like, yeah, I don't know if I'm surprised. I did have the Nets winning, but you look at the Bucks; like they're built to win. They've been built to win. Giannis and- they need this win and they're finally in the conference finals. So. Yeah, man, uh, putting up that wall over the last couple of years, it, it's not looked like it's doing anything to Giannis this year. He's uh, he, hes actually been unbelievable every game. But, yeah, so with that being said, the Nets were my pick all year pretty much. So, yeah, I, I easily have the Bucks winning going forward. But, yeah, Chris, I'm with you. This was the most fun series.
0: Oh, by far, yeah, the expectations, they definitely didn't disappoint. I want to quickly bring up Giannis's numbers in Game 7 He was just absolutely incredible because everyone just talks about KD's shot. Um, Giannis arguably almost outplayed Kevin Durant. And you could tell that guys like Giannis, guys like KD, they were gassed. They played 53 minutes. Um, I just want to quickly ask you guys about James Harden. I know he only put up 22 points, but what were your guys' thoughts on uh, Steve Nash playing him the whole game on a strained hamstring? (laughs) <laughs> that's
2: probably those two uh, before the game talking it out like are you fucking 100% sure if I throw you out there you're going to be good but that's just that's a gamer. that's James Harden you know he still went out there he almost he had fucking, he almost triple doubled he played the whole game like I respect that so obviously long term might not be the smartest decision but in the moment you're in the conference finals you're that far into it I mean I I, I respect it for sure but all, all the um, all the praise from me goes to Kevin Durant because, like, he was in and out with Harden and Kyrie. and He was carrying the load for a lot of the time. Like, guys like Joe Harris and Blake Griffin had to really step up. So they were playing uphill the whole time. And, um, yeah, so I love it.
1: Yeah, I liked how uh, James Harden went in. He felt that he was good enough to play and he wasn't just a pylon out there. Like, he was actually productive. Uh, Got some shots off, got like over 20 points. So at the end of the day, it did work. But like Kevin Durant and him going forward, I think that's a duo you build around with Kyrie. Like, I don't know what they're going to do with him. Like he's always, even though they say they're going to use him, he's going to be one of the focal points. In the past, we've seen that not work out. Like look at the Celtics. It looked like Kyrie's going to be the leader. All of a sudden they draft Tatum. And then Brown comes along and those two guys are like going in a league of their own. They end up playing better without him. So it's going to be interesting next year. Like, let's say Harden and Durant play better without Kyrie in the lineup and they look around and say, okay, do we need Kyrie? Like, is he going to be a player for us going forward? So I think Brooklyn's just uh, scratching the surface here of what's to come because if they're not successful next year, that's when all hell's going to break loose.
0: Yeah, I agree. I'll give them a pass for this year, uh, just based off the injuries. I still think them not going to the conference is hilarious, but yeah, I understand. Um, but Kyrie Irving, I think he's staying there. I think a lot of people, they just, when they think of Kyrie Irving, they just think of the guy that thinks the the earth is flat and the guy that doesn't want to play and the guy that takes personal days. And, uh, I like I don't get me wrong I, there are a lot of guys in the league that they deserve to get chewed like pretty badly like there have been guys over the years that have just taken advantage like a Blake Griffin on Detroit and like all these other situations like that's where that's where the the, the respect kind of fades away but a guy like Kyrie Irving you cannot disrespect this guy like I I just I love I mean you like you just can't hate him he's a guy where he you know he he did that stuff for um uh, what's his name for for Floyd? Uh, for, you know the like for uh, the the kills. The, yeah, for George Floyd in the in that incident, he bought the family a house. Uh, he he sees the game a lot differently. It's bigger than basketball for him. You know this this life. So, um, but in terms of what you're getting from Kyrie Irving, this guy will get you 26 points. He's one of the best point guards in the league. And make no mistake about it. Yes, he takes days off, but when he's on the court, he makes stuff happen all the time. So. Uh, if I'm Brooklyn faithful, I'm definitely not ruling I'm not I'm I'm not canceling out Kyrie Irving just yet. I mean, it was one season altogether. They, they barely played all three of them. So, if they're all playing healthy, it's a problem. They I wouldn't be surprised if they reach 60 wins next year. Oh god. But I want to also quickly add to like we we have, we have to look at now this series in Atlanta and Milwaukee as A lot of people had it the other way. They had it Philly, Brooklyn, and uh, I just want to say it's now one nothing for Atlanta. Good on them. Trey Young is putting together, dude. I don't know what it is. Like at times, he looks like Damian Lillard out there, and it's it's his first freaking playoff run. I don't want to say he's putting like he's looking like Steph Curry in his first playoff run. I'm not going to say that, but what do you guys expect? Like if Trey Young and the Atlanta Hawks continuously go to the playoffs the next like four or five years. If this is just – if this is the first we're seeing from Trey Young, what can we expect from him in like four or five years in the postseason?
2: Uh, I want to say a lot of the same. I don't know if they're going to go conference finals every year, but, yeah, you look at the way this team is set up with Trey, and I assume they're going to keep Collins. I don't buy into that bullshit. Kevin Herter is a nice player. Capella, like this is a good young team. Trey Young's leading the way. I didn't think he'd be this good this fast. Like, I kind of put Booker in the same situation. Just because it's their first playoff run, they've both been unbelievable. Like, Trey's just absolutely taken over. Like, watching the game, it was the first time, like, I saw Drew Holiday have issues with someone. He was solid offensively, but, like, he couldn't keep up with Trey. And I'm just watching this guy run around. He's looking like stuff out there. So, must be nice to be a fucking Hawks fan.
1: Oh, yeah, for sure. Especially, like, he hasn't been a guy who slowed down. Like, he comes in every game. He's putting up, like, 30-plus, gets 40, still getting assists, uh, being creative, and knocking down important shots. So, I hope Milwaukee doesn't underestimate them because this is a team that could surprise everybody. Like, just imagine if Atlanta gets to the final, and it's them they're going to be looked at as the underdog because they're the younger team. Like Trey Young, if he goes against Chris Paul, he's going to be looked at as the underdog. Because Chris Paul, even though he hasn't been to the final, he's been around all these scenarios his whole career. And if he goes against the Clippers, he might have a better shot because Paul George, you never know which one you're going to get. But there's Kawhi Leonard there, and that could be a problem. So uh, Atlanta will be the underdog regardless. And I think they're embracing that role, and they're looking like a team that could win it all. And if they can beat Milwaukee, I wouldn't put it past them of winning this championship,
0: yeah, that would be insane. if they if they take out Milwaukee, that's that's nuts. i I really don't know what I would say. I mean, Trey Young, I know he's elite. I know he's going to be among the greatest to ever probably play in terms of offensive ability. But if this guy comes in first postseason and takes out Philly Milwaukee like oh man that's that's goat stuff right there like a lot of people a lot of people could not do that in the east for the longest time like damar and kyle lowry so if trey young's just gonna come in here first playoff and beat out Giannis and mb that looks pretty damn good on a resume but i love what they've done all in all you know you get Gallinari, you get Galinari bogdanovich in the free agency you really you have to bite the bullet there though i mean you, you signed Galinari 90 million you signed bogdanovich 70 million Two international guys, very well-known guys in this league, and they're playing their role perfectly. And you know what the craziest part is? I haven't really seen a lot of DeAndre Hunter and Cam Radish in this playoffs. They're really rolling with the veterans here. I mean, Trey's not a veteran, but he's already – this is his third year with the team. Uh, You have Trey, you have Capella, you have Collins. Those three are always going to be deadly. Herter, to me, he is the – to me, he's the X factor because there's one game – he could get you 9 points and then there's another game he can get you 25 easily. So, if I'm if I'm the Hawks, keep running through your backcourt. Uh at times when they're cold, you can go to Capella and Collins in the paint. That's another beauty to have when you have a guy like Collins and Capella. If the three-point shot isn't working, just do, you could just play the bully ball. Capella can go up against Lopez, Collins can go up against Giannis. I, I really like this matchup for Atlanta. I'm not going to lie. I think you know if they can take out a Philly, th- there's no reason why they can't believe in themselves at this point and saying, "Hey, let's go out and take out the back-to-back MVP and Giannis." Um, but to me, this is the Cinderella story. I think this out, uh, I think this out impresses last year's Miami run. That's just my opinion. I think I never really saw Atlanta. Yes, you know, they had the Knicks in the first round and everyone, you know, was kind of making fun of that series. Oh, it's two teams that really have no business being here. And Atlanta's proven it. So I'm really happy for them. I'm rooting for them here. I still have the Bucks in six, six or seven. But, I mean, Trey Young, like you guys said, anything is possible at this point. Uh, but I lo- I've, I just love what I've seen with, with Trey and Booker. Their first playoff runs and they've just been... They've been, making, uh, they've been sending a message just like what Jamal Murray and uh, Donovan Mitchell did last year. So I'm going to finish by saying that the NBA, when LeBron James retires, when all these guys start retiring, the league is in great hands. That's all I'm going to say with guys like Trey Young and Booker. We're probably not going to see the last of these two in the postseason and especially on these runs. But come on, guys, let's – how – how awesome would it be if we had Trey Young versus Devin Booker, their first playoff runs both, and they're in the finals? That would just be amazing. It would throw everybody off. But you know what? I'm going to finish by saying this to both of you guys. The season has been really, really fun, but this has been probably the most unpredictable. Topsy turvy type shit that I've ever seen in the NBA. There's no Golden State. There's no Kevin Durant. There's no LeBron. Mm -hmm. I just I gotta bring this up. How how different does this type of playoff feel without these guys? Because I've just been I've been so used to Curry and LeBron for so long. I just I I need to ask you guys, like, what do you guys feel about this? To me, it just feels so fresh. I just love it.
2: The last ten years you just you just get used to certain things seeing the same, like, four to six teams every year. You're like, yeah, we'll go by the regular season. But when it comes down to it, we know who's going to be there. But this year, fucking what the hell's going on? I, I snapped you guys the other day the picture. We showed the, the final four teams, like the Clippers, never went to the finals. Atlanta last time in the finals, 55 or something. The Bucks 50 years ago, it was fucking insane. So, yeah, it's awesome for the league seeing these new teams here. And uh, seeing these young players get this exposure on this primetime TV. So you got to love it for sure.
1: Yeah, like it's been unpredictable. Kind of like when the Raptors went to the final. Like Even though they were kind of favored, but it was just something new. Like Raptors and Golden State, everyone would be assuming it's going to be the Bucs. But seeing Atlanta emerge as this uh, rising team, even though they had like an even record. uh, They take out the Knicks and get all this excitement. I still think Vince Carter's a little pissed off even though he might be happy on TV. I don't think he's happy. Uh, I think he's really mad that this could have been him if he just extended the career one more year, kind of like what he's been doing. But I don't know. Atlanta, they're uh, a nice story. I just don't know if they'll be able to continue it next year once Brooklyn is completely healthy. Uh, Philly, who knows? Like Changes they'll make the Raptors. You can't count them out because they're arguably a playoff team next year and probably a top five one too. So I think the East is going to look a lot different next year. Uh, Miami, who knows, too, with them. So uh, Atlanta coming up like this is going to bring more attention to their market. Maybe free agents might want to go there and play with Trey Young. So looking forward to that next year.
0: Uh, I'll, I'll end uh, the basketball talk with this. Out of, the, out of the two guys that we've mentioned numerous, numerous times, and Trey Young and Devin Booker, which guy have you been more impressed with in this postseason?
2: Uh, for me, I'll go Trey Young. But that, that is a, that's basically a coin toss.
1: Yeah, I'm going to go Trey Young on that one.
2: Did you see what Stephen A said about Booker? Is he the next, he's uh, reminding him of Kobe or he's the next Kobe or some shit. And then everyone just lost their mind.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's, 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 that's ridiculous praise, but, uh. Kobe has five rings, so if Devin can at least get one, then we can maybe start the conversation. But as long as he's ringless, you cannot bring that up. There's no way. He's not Kobe. Oh, man. What What
1: <laughs> What'd you guys think of the Raptors getting the top four pick?
0: Oh, Uh-oh. Let's get into that. Oh, man, that was fun. Uh, I, I actually said to a guy at work, I said, you know, if there is a team that's going to win the lottery – it's the Raptors, and uh, I got. I, well, they didn't. They didn't get the first pick. They didn't, you know, win the grand slam, but they did move up to fourth. That's astronomical. When you go from eight to four, especially in this draft class, that's from getting a B plus player to potentially an A plus. So, um, if I'm the Raptors, this is an absolute win. They're laughing. They're not going to be in that spot next year, and probably not for a long time after. The last lottery pick we had was Mister uh, Terrence Ross. So. Uh, The Raps have been known for winning the last couple years. And of course, this is the year where they got to lose and or sorry, they got to win the lottery and they win the lottery and everything's looking pretty damn solid.
2: We deserve this out of every team in the league. We weren't home all fucking year. None of our guys played together at all. We got rocked with COVID the most. Man, this is killer for the Raps. I'm, I'm thinking it's going to be Suggs. I know you want to take Green, but uh, yeah, this it, especially if Lowry's on his way out going forward, if we can get someone for our backcourt, the Raps can be right there in the playoff picture next year.
1: Would you be open to trading the pick if you get a but star no, center?
2: No way. Wait, how are you getting this center? You're packaging the pick with what?
1: Probably, uh, I hate to say it, but See siakam
2: oh my god what center do you want back
1: yeah that yeah that Part better be that balance? better be a
2: bead <laughs> <laughs> i want the mvp then <laughs> jesus christ
1: <laughs> or do you see a scenario where let's say uh, philly's gonna trade somebody for lowry like ben simmons or and you make like a package there at power forward you would have simmons or would you put uh, Van Vliet at point guard and Simmons at, uh, or no Van Vliet at shooting guard, Simmons at point guard, and then draft some, or trade the draft pick for somebody else.
0: I'm uh, I'm keeping the pick. I think I'm just gonna keep it simple this off season. If I'm Toronto, you you go in the draft. They came what 13th I think in the East or 12th something like that. It was they knew it was an off year. Masai knows too. Even if his future is still a little rigid with this organization, I know he's done a tremendous job, but. Yeah, Alino, I like where you're going with, you know, maybe trying to snag a Ben Simmons or an Embiid like if you Bradley want to package do. it, but I'm not doing it. I think that's way too risky. Uh I'll just I'll stick to this. If Evan is available at 4, I'm not even thinking twice. I think he could be the best player in the draft. And of course, when you look at the guys we need, we need a center. You know, we have Burch. he's been a Credit to him. He came to this team. He was motivated. He's Canadian, and he's done a great job. Chris Boucher is another guy, Canadian. He's done a great job. He's a free agent. I don't know necessarily if we have the if we have the space to sign a guy like a Boucher. I really hope he returns next year. At the beginning of the year, he was looked at as an MIP player. But, yeah, I'm keeping it simple. I'm going with either Green, Mobley, or Suggs. As expected, we're definitely going to get one of those three. But at the end of the day, Alino, the beauty of this uh, situation is the Raps really don't lose in this sense unless they go out and they trade the pick and they get a risky return back. But if I'm the Raps, let's just play it simple. Just just drop the best player available and and go from there.
2: I think I would always entertain it, though,
0: just for shits.
2: I would pick up the phone. I'd be like, what do you got? You're going to blow my mind, though. But, yeah, if I'm the Raps – you're taking who? You're picking the scraps. Whoever the fourth guy is there, I don't think there's any chance in hell it's Mobley. That would be fucking nice for uh, for a need, but win-win situation.
1: Yeah, because you never know. Lamelo went down to Charlotte last year. He should have went first overall. I think on a lot of people's uh, draft board. Like I know Wiseman stuck out, but I don't know if you had the choice there. Like let's say the Raptors had fourth last year. Think there would have been an inside campaign for Masai to move up. So if you can get something similar in this draft, I think Suggs would be an attractive piece or Mobley. Yeah, I think you would ride with them, but that means Lowry. You would have to trade for a power forward or center.
0: I think it all depends on what he what he wants to do. Uh, I think Kyle's probably going to talk to his agent and to Masai probably before the draft. So we'll probably have a better sense of what direction Kyle Lowry wants to go in. I know for sure I've heard Miami and uh and Philly for majority of the year if it wasn't obviously staying in any any state. So I know he's definitely going to get a huge pay cut. I I know he he I know he believes that he's going to get that. He's not going to get 35-40 million again. So uh it's either I see him either getting a bridge deal or maybe a one-year deal. But regardless, I think Whoever we draft, I think it it, it, it lands – a big part of it lands on what happens with Kyle Lowry. I think Lowry's going to – he's basically been here for what? Like it's been 10 years now. So he's been here for a decade. He's going to go up to Masai say, hey, listen, you know, either A, I'm done here. It was great. Or B, let's run it back one more time. Why don't we go out and get a winger like Jalen Green? Or maybe you can reduce my minutes. You can reduce – maybe you can try and – um, move Gary Trent to the three and that's when you get Jalen Suggs so I don't know it's really going to be interesting to see what type of approach the Raps want to go in if they want to go with OG being that more defensive type player whereas if we were to draft the Jalen Green he could be the more offensive wing whereas OG can be that shutdown type guy like a Ben Simmons so it really does depend on what Kyle Lowry does I'm mean, it's really interesting either way but I really do want Mobley or Green over Suggs. That's my opinion.
2: It's another Jersey buy.
0: Yeah, regardless. Yeah, it's another Jersey buy. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, my, my, my friend at work today, he basically said that the last two fourth overall picks that the Raps have gotten are both Hall of Famers. They're both Chris, it's Chris Bosh and Vince Carter. So let's see if that trend continues, Alino.
1: Yeah, would be something.
0: Now we gotta move it on. We gotta move to the rink. We gotta go because I really don't want to talk about it, but we have to. Uh, so the Islanders—they went. They lost eight nothing in Game Five, and then all of a sudden in Game Six, it goes to overtime. And Bovillier, the sniper over there, he ends it. What were your What are your guys' thoughts overall on both these series? I have barely watched any of the Habs and and Vegas because they're late night games, but Montreal is a game away from going to the Stanley Cup. I have never, ever in my life been able to say that, so I'm very pissed off saying it. What are your guys' thoughts on the final four teams? Uh, any surprises here? Any individual any individual stats that blow your mind?
2: Oh, Lino, go. go.
1: You know you what know I'm going to say. say. Jordan Eberle. That's who Robert it is. is. <laughs> I just think he's uh, active on these plays. I think he's involved uh, a little bit, like just some of the assists. It looked like he had one there near the end of the third. He was setting up, uh, I think it was Barzell, but I think he is looking like a completely different player in the playoffs. I don't know what Barry Trotz said to him before the playoffs, but this is a player that I think as this goes on, can you imagine if he scores like a game winning goal? against Tampa in Game 7, what his stock will rise to, because I think we're in for a golden goal moment here 11 years later.
2: (laughs) Uh, I don't know what to believe with the Islanders. I've actually seen more of the other series. So, uh, yeah, they got absolutely spanked at home, and then they kind of kicked back into it. So now we got a Game 7 here. I did not think it was going to go game seven. Shout out to the Islanders. They are for real. What the fuck happened to Varlamov? Real quick, little side question. Did something happen when he left Colorado mm-hmm. where it's like, okay, I I got it in me? I got to prove it now. Kind of like, like Robin Lund. Yeah, like what the fuck happened there?
0: <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, man. It's just uh, some goalies, they leave. And they just get better it's it could be coaching it could be management it i don't really know uh i've asked myself that for the last 17 years with the leads so in terms of varlamov he's a you know he's a proven pro he he goes out there he works hard and you know he in 2013 i think he was a finalist for the vesna so we always knew that he kind of had it in him i guess when Colorado gave up on him, it was more like a slap in the face to him, and I guess he took that as, "Oh, you guys got rid of me? Okay, watch me, watch me, uh, watch me tear it up now." So, I'm really happy for a guy like Varlamov. You know, with the incidences he's had off off the ice, and you know he's been able to put those incidents behind him, and now he's been full on successful as a number one goalie in a in a market that. Uh, for the longest time, a lot of the fan base, like a lot of hockey fans just did not believe in. I still, to this day, I don't know how they're doing it, the Islanders. I mean, you, you really don't have that number one. I mean, it, I guess it is Barzell, but other than that, they really don't have that super, superstar player. Whereas, you know, you look at Tampa Bay, they have Hedman, Point, Stamkos, Vasilevsky. Like, if Tampa doesn't win this, this is to me the biggest blunder of a year in Stanley cup history. Like if we get Montreal and New York in the finals, I said it before I'm not watching it. I really don't have any interest in seeing the Islanders and the Habs in the finals. Love both those teams, you know, the work ethic, all that, but just not, not interested. So I I mean, Alino I like what you say about Jordan Eberle. He's a guy that what he's 31, 32 now been in the league for 13 years He's getting his opportunity here. I think this is a a guy where he's starting to realize that this might be the farthest he ever goes. So I'm really rooting for a guy like Jordan Eberle. But how about Braden Point? Let's just talk about Braden Point for a second. This guy has scored in nine straight games. He's got 14 goals already, not even in the Stanley Cup finals. Is it safe to say Braden Point might be the best player on this team?
2: Uh arguably, but like shit. Yeah. 14 goals. He's been doing it consistently all playoffs. Like I, th- I think I'm more surprised with Kucherov cause he just kind of came back and was leading and he still is for the longest time. Kind of like he didn't miss the whole year. So for him to jump back right into it and kind of pick up where things left off is it's fucking unbelievable, but we in point. You just talked about Barzell before. Like this guy stepped into the league and like right away immediately gelled with Kutrov and Stamkos, and he's one of the best players in the league at like 23 years old. He does everything for Tampa, so man, just scary.
1: Yeah, I think Kutrov's still better, but you can't discredit what he's done. Like it's impressive. Uh he's outplaying Stamkos, I think. Uh but this series i think if we're comparing to the nba i think this is the atlanta hawks versus philly series <laughs> i think tampa is the 76ers easily just a balanced lineup they have and they looked at they're looked at on paper as a team that should easily win this but here come this little underdog team in the islanders that just runs them out of the building one night comes back and uh, it's the islanders who get the last laugh in ot so I'd be worried if I'm Tampa going to Game 7 because I think this is not the team that you want to take a chance on. I think they blew one uh, in Game 6, and it might come back to haunt them because, yeah, you won 8 nothing the last time in Tampa, but uh, the Islanders going into Game 7 does not look like a very appealing team to play against. And I think we're going to see the Islanders pull something off here. They can pull off the upset, but I don't think it's going to be a one-sided win like Game 5 was.
0: Oh yeah, absolutely. I think if 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 anything, this shows that the Islanders can go with anybody. And uh I mean when they when they took out uh, Boston, I knew right from the guy. I, I mean I called that. I said to my dad, I said, look, listen, like I think Varlamov is way better than Rask right now. I think this is where if they play shutdown defense, if they if their top six is rolling and playing the role that that, that they have to then I think Boston might get in trouble and then bam, they got eliminated and now they're a win away from going to the Stanley Cup final. And I love what I've seen from Paul Mary. I love what I've seen from guys like Letty and Pajot and Beauvillier, like these guys, they're not sexy names by any means, but they're, you know, they're, they're, they're gelling the chemistry's there. And you just got to give them all the credit in the world. And a guy like Nick Letty, who two years ago going a 40 and now, This guy's a a plus in the postseason. So it's amazing how some players can just completely do a switch. And Nick Letty is definitely one of those players. And they're definitely – I just love the whole story too because Anders Lee's been out all year and he's their captain. So they're going out there and they're trying to win it for their captain as well. But uh, we'll go on now to the other series. I mean, Cole Caulfield, guys, we got to bring this guy up a little more. I know he's going to be a superstar in this league at least I think so. Uh, I guess I'll start with Alino. But what you've seen with Cole Caulfield and Nick Suzuki, should we as Leaf fans and we as hockey fans, should we start? Should we start? Uh, should we get prepared for these two because they look like they are absolutely torching it in the playoffs? And what do you guys expect from that duo, Suzuki Caulfield, moving forward for the Montreal Canadiens?
1: Damn. Oh, man. I hope it's not a final because it would just make the Leafs. Oh, man. That loss look even worse. Uh, But where's all that talk from all those uh, pundits online saying that the North division was trash? uh, This division's weak. Uh, These guys, once they play an American team that has some fundamentals on defense, they're just going to run them out and sweep on four. I haven't seen that. Uh, I saw Vegas now. Take another loss. This is a team that has Mark Stone, Max Pacioretty, Marchessault, Tuck, Carlson, Petrangelo, Theodore, Fleury, <laughs> and Leonard as a backup. Like Robin Leonard's a backup with his team. And they're going this far into this round against Montreal, uh, a team that came in fourth in the North Division. I think it's a bad look on uh, all those people that kind of doubted the North Division. So I wouldn't be surprised if Montreal goes to the final at this point. And I think it's just karma and the hockey gods uh, sending a message to everybody to slow their roll next time they jump to conclusions. And I think Toronto fans are going to be pissed if Montreal holds a cup at the end of the year.
2: This team's fucking five wins away from a Stanley Cup. Are you kidding me? <laughs> um, forgot your fucking question. Suzuki and Caulfield. Holy shit. Kind of like the NBA with all the young stars coming into the league. Like, they're getting points every single game. Like, they're carrying the power play. They're dancing around, guys. They look like they've been there a bunch of times before. And, like, we've been saying it week after week. All the other little additions they picked up throughout the year have just been absolutely money for them. But, yeah, the the young kids for the Habs have been – that's actually so fucking good. And Carey Price, this is actually his year, so – if it's not this year, it's not going to fucking happen again. So if if they're going to win it, I'm going to be so happy for Carey Price. He absolutely led the way over there. But, uh, yeah, the Habs are good. They're for real. Got to stop fucking around now. They're, yeah, if they win it, I don't think should be surprised anymore.
0: I'm just going to say, like, because we said from the beginning of the year that Montreal was a team that would not make the playoffs. They would not really garner – any sort of success this year and now they're five wins away. I guess now we got to start looking at teams a little differently now. Uh, I mean, it's happened with, it happened with Vegas four years ago when they came in as an expansion team and, you know, they go to the Stanley cup finals and they lose to, uh, I think, who is it? Sidney Crosby. And then of course, or no, sorry, uh, Ovechkin. And then, uh, you know, you, and then now you see this Montreal team, it's almost a similar story. And now they're colliding in the conference finals and, I can't believe Montreal's up 3-2. Josh Anderson, man, like, you need a player like him to go to the finals, I think. Uh, Like, these these guys are so, so overlooked uh, now in this skilled-type league. Like, you need a guy like an Anderson. You need a guy like a Corey Perry. You need those guys that just bring that success. And I know Kyle Dubas, he tried by bringing in Simmons and, you know, bringing in Thornton, but you'd need – the guys like Stahl, you need the guys like Perry to really, really go over there. And this is a team where I know there are rivals, but if you look at the names on this team, we like we can't really go against them, can we? Like Eric Stahl, love the guy. Corey Perry, love the guy. Shea Weber's an absolute beauty. He also has yet to win a cup. So like at this point in time, I'm not getting on their bandwagon or anything. It's just like... If they won, I really wouldn't be all that upset just because Carey Price, like you said, well-deserving. He's now 31, 32 years old. Shea Weber's another guy that needs a cup. This would be a feel-good story, not only for the league, but for the history of the NHL in an original six winnings. So with that being said, I guess Montreal, uh, if they win the cup, good on them. If they don't, like you said, Piniello, I don't know if they'll ever get there again. So this is a big, it's a big year for Montreal fans, huge year. But I think Cole Caulfield, Suzuki, regardless, they're going to be problems in the future. But Alino, I like what you said. You bring up all those names of Vegas. I think that you brought up like nine different names. Um, Is it safe to say that Shea Theodore may be the best defenseman on Vegas? Uh,
1: Yeah, it's it's a debate there. I know a lot of people are having, but... Petrangelo does have the Stanley Cup and he won it recently so it's like he won it 10 years ago so I still would put my money on Petrangelo just because uh, he's a little bit more solid even though his regular season numbers didn't jump out um, I, that's a guy I'd rather have on my team right now but in the next year or two uh, Theodore is slowly becoming that guy and developing into that superstar defenseman it's
2: literally like last year <laughs> but like yeah <laughs> Yeah, nothing to add to that. I think he's trending that he's going to be better. But as of right now, uh, Petrancic is still the guy.
0: Well, I guess I'll finish by saying this, guys, with whatever is left. I know it's 3-2, it's 3-2 Montreal and it's 3-3 in the Islanders Tampa. We got to do this. I have to ask the question, what is the Stanley Cup final looking like and who is your champion as of right now?
2: Oh my God. Um, I'm going to go Tampa Bay, Montreal final. And I'm going Tampa in six.
1: Yeah, I'll go, uh, off the board a little bit because I don't want to see Tampa win back to back years. Cause <laughs> fuck that. <laughs> I would hate that. They're over the cap, like by, I don't know how much millions of dollars. It's like they have a luxury tax. So they're running an NBA team over there. So I'll say Islanders and I'll say Vegas, uh, Figure it out and manage to get the win there, and I'll go Vegas winning the cup in six.
0: Oh wow! I'm gonna go with Tampa Vegas. I'm gonna stick with that, uh, and I'm gonna go with Tampa Bay. All right, Alino. I think they're winning back to back. I think. <laughs> I think. Uh, I think Tampa's way too good. I think if they if they win Game Seven, because you don't know, but if they do win, I do see them. Easy, not easily, but I do see them winning the Stanley Cup. I just feel like when you're over the cap and you 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 know you won it last year with majority of the same people, it looks like it's <laughs> the the grass has never been so green in Tampa Bay. So even though it's a game seven, I don't think they're all that worried. Uh, I'll still I'll stick with Tampa, and I think Braden Point is easily the Conn Smythe winner. But with that being said. Do you guys have anything else to add to this episode?
1: Yeah, I'm good there.
0: All right. Well, with that being said, please stay tuned. You guys got to watch Devin Booker, Trey Young. You guys got to watch him ball out. Let's see if Giannis can maybe go, go chase that first title. He's, uh, he's never been closer. And then of course we got the Montreal Canadians, the Cinderella story. Let's see if they can pan out there. If not, maybe Vegas takes them out. But with that being said, this is In The Zone, episode 136. Stay tuned for next week's episode for more sports content.